pipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out through other pipes to create sound. The Big Rap Show Podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads, played by some of the top bands around the world, including our current champion of champions in Vararian District, and of course the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rap Show Podcast. Hello there, and welcome to another Big Rap Show Podcast. How are you out there? I hope you're all keeping very well wherever you're tuning in. Now, you may have guessed by the the title of this week's episode. Yeah, we're revisiting last week's episode. Yeah, I asked you you loads of questions about piping and drumming in the United States. And you guys have came back uh, in your droves, to be honest. Yeah, the response has been kind of overwhelming. So thank you. First of all, we kind of realized just how quickly... uh, how popular a topic this was, and also just how many American listeners we have. So thank you, everyone from the United States, for answering all my kind of stupid and banal questions. Thank you very much. Um, But, yeah, that's what this week's uh, show is all about. So as much as we normally start each podcast with some listener mail, uh, we're not doing that this week because this is essentially a listener mail (laughs) episode. So strap yourselves in. We'll be talking about piping and drumming in the USA Again, yeah. But this time, it'll be your answers to the question. So, if anything, I have found this absolutely fascinating. I really have. People would think I'm a bit of a piping nerd when it comes to stuff like this. But I've been fascinated and glued to reading all of your emails. So, thank you to everyone. We're just going to pick a selection of them, uh, first of all, I have to say. Because we did receive well over about 40 to 45 emails this past week, all on this one topic. (laughs) So, we're just going to do a bit of a selection of them, really. We've got some voicemails as well on the whole topic about piping and drumming in the US and answering my questions. So, that's all to come. But first of all, welcome we are the Big Rap Show. We are the show for the piping folks. So if it's got bagpipes in it, around it, or near it at all, then we are the show for you. As I try to unplug my microphone while moving my script. See, what am I doing? Visual jokes on the radio. <laughs> if this is your first Big Rap Show, then you are very welcome. Like I said, we do this each and every week, and we've been doing it for quite a while. So um, <clears throat> where have you been? Like, but well over 100-odd episodes. Like, ah. I don't know why people are only still just discovering us, but you're very welcome. Hello. And yeah, if you do happen to enjoy the show and you would like to help support us, you can head along to our Patreon page. Like every other good podcast out there, we have a Patreon page where you can get tons of extra stuff for as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month. You can help support the show, plus you get your mitts on tons of extra content. We've got two episodes of Big Rab Show Plus up there, exclusive for Patreon members, plus we have some kind of Patreon exclusives that I'll be talking about later in the podcast. Tons of stuff coming to our Patreon page. So yeah, if you do like to support the show in any way, then you can head along to our Patreon page. Click that support button and every penny really does help support what we do. So what do we do, you may ask? Well, this past week we managed to attend the Tartan Night Fundraiser. Now, we mentioned this on last week's podcast about how this was a huge fundraiser here in Northern Ireland, all for the Craigavon neonatal unit there in their hospital and also for Louise Smyton to head over to... uh, 
where was it? It's the Sacramento Games, I think it is she's going to. Yeah, Sacramento. I should check my notes. Um, but yeah, she's heading over there and doing a spot of fundraising for herself and also for the neonatal unit there in Craigavon Area Hospital. And the night was an absolute success. For those of you who've been following us, of course, on social media, on our Facebook page and whatnot, we had tons of live streaming from the event. And yeah, you could see for yourselves that the place was packed to the gills, which was brilliant to see. And also the acts themselves on stage were simply outstanding. Now, we had the pleasure of seeing Lisbeg Pipe Band, Tully Lagan Pipe Band, Klaus Kelt, and of course, Andrew Shelladay. So that was just absolutely outstanding. Now, one thing, well, there's actually quite a few things I wanted to take away from this event. This is the first time we've really heard Tully Lagan Pipe Band as well as Klaus Kelt. Now, Klaus Kelt managed to produce a bit of a mini band that wasn't their full band, but <clears throat> again, did not disappoint. Klaus Kelt clearly have picked up just where they've left off. (laughs) I don't know. Deadly. Really, really good. And if anything, I actually managed to notice a couple of Marlaku players in there. Because unfortunately, I had heard then over the course of the weekend that Marlaku pipe band may not be competing this year. (sighs) Terrible news. But hey, it seems to be to again for Klaus Kelp because uh, there was a couple of uh, Marlaku guys playing at the concert. So... That being said, sorry to see Marnaku won't be out, uh, but by the looks of things, it certainly helped the guys at Klaus Kelt because they've kind of swelled their ranks as a result. Now, everyone's asking me, what did I think of Klaus Kelt and the performances? Well, you can go along to our Facebook page and check out their performances yourself. But my review of how Klaus Kelt sounded, was, yeah, they were just exactly as they left off. They were absolutely top-notch, really, really strong performance. And even if that was a mini-band, but they sounded like a full band, you know what I mean? That big, big Chesney sound, as everyone talks about. But, yeah, definitely worth checking out. If you haven't seen the the live streams and stuff uh, from the Big Rab Show uh, Facebook page from this Tartan Night fundraiser, definitely go and check it out. Klaus Kelt sounding extremely strong. Now, also, Tully Lagan Pipe Band were a big surprise for me. They played a lot of concert stuff, as Tully Lagan are really good at. Uh, they also had, like, a tenor drum display and loads of different things. Uh, but the thing from Tully Lagan Pipe Band that really impressed me was their sound. Tully Lagan Pipe Band were, again, on the Rab Show Facebook page. You can go back and check it out. But the tone that these guys had... I don't know where it came from. The band seems to have been completely transformed. So I thought, yeah, any excuse to catch up with the guys from Tully Lagan and just find out exactly just how things are going back there. I managed to get chatting to Scott Cunningham, bass drummer of Tully Lagan. Grant, well, joining me from Tully Lagan Pipe Band, I have Scott Cunningham. How are you, Scott? Well, Rob, not too bad. Just a <laughs> bit warm after playing there. Just a bit warm. So this is the first, really, we've heard the Tully Lagan Pipe Band this season so far and you are sounding quite well uh just been slaving away andrew's been working with the papers a lot letting them away with nothing <laughs> obviously trying to get tunes that cater for the older generation too that they're fit to play but still sound nice in the air for a band and then danielle holland's been slaving away as usual with the tenor and bass section noticed that there was a bit of an improvement i thought with the tenor work this time around oh well this this will be my second season full-time bass the young girls, young girls have been with Danielle from primary school stage, and they're just getting better and better. Uh, they seem to be now. This is a bit. This is my ear right now. I'm a drummer, but I've noticed a change in your tone. Have you changed equipment at all? As far as I remember, the band has purchased a whole new set of 
Chesney Chanters. You didn't go G1? <laughs> no. And, Andrew plays G1. Andy plays G1, John yeah. Got him a special chanter. <laughs> but uh, the band is playing Chesney. It might be the Blackwood Chanters. Well, I tell you what, it's really made a difference. No offence, but last season was good, but this year, for some well, reason, band, your tone sounds so much stronger. The band was lacking last year, like I'll say that personally myself. Like mm. the, the band had ups and downs, but the words wasn't really the best for us. But this year, this stage now, compared to last year, the band's had a lot greater point. Certainly sounding very strong. And if anything, then, just here tonight at this fundraiser, you guys brought the senior band on, but then a lot of your learners as well. Tons of kids involved now with Tully Lagan. So... The same as last year, the band really wants to progress. Obviously, a band can't survive without the youth, any band. Um, so between our new lead tip, uh, Nigel Irwin and Jeff, and then Andrew as well, and Ross Gillis and all, getting the papers so many people, more yeah. and more coming every week. Aye. Well, if anything, I'm looking forward to the season now because that's just show me you guys have been working your tails off this winter. Is that what it's been like? It's been mad. <laughs> I, I can't say I've committed as much, Aye. but uh, I'm, I'm working on it. But the band, like, the band's looking well, and the papers of this, as you say, have improved their tone. And now the drummers are looking forward to, mm. as I told you, the Belfast too. New drums are coming, so that's a bit of a boost for us. Too? Oh yeah, which means the juniors will get our drums, so they're sparkly new drums to them. Hey, there you go. So everyone's getting an upgrade then. <laughs> so we're looking forward to that. They should be here now any week, but we're not going to unveil them until contest season are oh, you keeping that secret ah it's not fair <laughs> well if anything I wish you all the very best of luck this incoming season I hopefully get chatting to you on the grass thank you very much Rob and I wish you all the best cheers and um, do you want to give a couple of friends of yours in Las Vegas a bit of a shout I, I just want to know where my sticker's at because the Fod <laughs> Cook's town what does he say everywhere's in the deep south but did no, you hear that uh, like, I don't know Josh didn't know that a US stamp wouldn't get your package all the way here to Northern Ireland but if they're listening I'll accept an American stamp, just not the Royal <laughs> Mail. <laughs> so there you go. A guys at the channel ran, sort it out. Get Scott his sticker, would you? And Rob. And, yeah, I need one too. Yeah, I'll give you a review. Why not? <laughs> Cheers a million. Thanks a million, Scott. That's great. Cheers, Cheers thank you. Thanks. There you go. So things are clearly going very well behind the scenes at Tully Lagan. And yeah, they did sound incredible. So for, if you do want to check them out, go have a look at the Big Rab Show Facebook page. Like I said, those live streams, those videos, all that stuff is all up there on the Rab Show Facebook page right now. You can go back, listen to all the performances. Klaus Kelt sounding really strong, like they've just haven't let up the pressure from last year. And Tully Lagan actually sounding equally as strong yeah definitely come through the winter as you've just heard they've upgraded their gear they're expecting new drums and everything things are looking good for Tully Lag in this incoming season so yes very positive I think overall the whole fundraising event was a complete success we haven't yet received a full total of the amount of money that they've raised uh, but suffice to say the event was a success everyone was more than happy and I was dead chuffed to be there in the crowd to begin with so thank you to everyone the organisers of that uh, fundraiser for having me it was just the best night's crack really really cool anyway let's fly on Loads more news stories. What's going to be next in the horizon for ourselves here on the Big Rab Show? Well, like I've been saying before, we had this big Tartan Night fundraiser in Five Mile Town. The next on the horizon is the Fred Morrison gig. Fred Morrison, of course, coming to Northern Ireland the 6th of April in the theatre at the Mill Theatre there in Newton Abbey. Oh my God! All sorts of stupidly excited for this. I cannot wait. 
6th of April. You guys know I'm a massive Fred Morrison fan. So thanks to Ballybully Pipe Band who are celebrating their 100th anniversary by bringing Fred over and throwing this massive concert. Tickets are 15 quid and can be got from the theatre at the Mill Box Office there in Newton Abbey. Doors open at 7.30. 6th of April, guys. Get it in your calendars because... This is just around the corner, so yeah. On a future podcast, we'll be had, hanging out with Fred, of course, backstage. Some of that may hit the, the Patreon page, so it may not all hit here on the podcast. <clears throat> we might have special plans with Fred, um, but yeah, you'll check that out on our Patreon page. But yeah, Fred Morrison, 6th of April, coming to Newton Abbey here in Northern Ireland. Outstanding. Cannot wait. And then I think I've heard a rumour that he's actually going down to Dublin after that. So you guys living down there in Dublin, tuning into the podcast right now, you have another opportunity to go and catch Fred. Now, if I find those full details of uh, where and when he's going to Dublin, I don't know. I think it's only really been a rumour until now. I haven't really had it confirmed anywhere. But, hey, there you go. It's going to be well worth checking out. Of course, then, after the Fred Morrison gig... It's coming up into May, there's nearly into the start of the season, but we're not done. Of course, we have the massive St. Lawrence Atul concert coming to the Armagh City Hotel. Oh my god! I cannot wait for this 27th of April. This night is just going to be epic. I'm stupidly excited for this, because the more I keep chatting to the guys from St. Lawrence, the more they keep telling me, oh mate, you're going to love this. Now... Now, from what I've remembered from chatting to members of St. Lawrence Atul before, and I'm mates with good a lot of the ones out of the band, they don't normally get too excited about things like this. But this has members of St. Lawrence proper excited. <laughs> so I, am, I cannot wait for this, because if this has the membership of St. Lawrence excited to hit the stage, what's it not going to be like for the audience? So I can't wait for this. Now, Stephen Crichton, the lead drummer of St. Lawrence, actually posted something on his social media today which was actually really interesting and had a lot of people talking. He was uh, proof listening to the recording of Tourist Kjall. Yeah, so there was a recording made of their Glasgow show last year and he was getting a final listen-through for the album before it's released. Now, as to when it will be released or any details like that, no idea. There's been nothing published. Uh, If anything, as you you just heard, it's a final listen-through. They're still... Going through that mixing process, I guess, and getting the sound just perfect for us. So, hey, who knows when we'll get it, but as soon as I hear a whisper of when it'll be out, I'll let you guys know. Because trust me, you're going to want to get a copy of this. Now, someone online also asked, is there a DVD of Tourist Kjall? And unfortunately, no, there isn't. I don't think it was filmed at all. It was all just audio recording, so it was all made for an album, and which will be released hopefully this year. So... I'm all sorts of excited. Tourist Kjall comes back to Northern Ireland, 27th of April, and I'm all sorts of excited! <laughs> I need to calm myself down. <clears throat> Is it time for a cup of tea yet? <laughs> Alright, okay. Let's get on to more piping news, shall we? On to more exciting news, actually. I'm going to have a packed weekend this weekend because it's the New Zealand Nationals. Yeah! Man, I can't believe it's been this long already since the last one. So, hey, the New Zealand National Championships have rolled around again. And thanks to our good buddies there at Brass Band, they're going to live stream the whole thing. (laughs) This is awesome. So, reading their press release, of course, go to BrassBand.com. That's B-R-A-S-S-B-A-N-N-E-D.com. Go along. All the links are up there for how you can watch it. Now, reading their press release... 
verbatim. So by invitation of the Royal New Zealand Pipe Band Association, Team Brass Band is heading to Dunedin uh, <clears throat> to provide the world's best pipe band live stream. That's debatable. The 2019 New Zealand Pipe Band Championship. <laughs> Money messing. They really are fantastic. So, also, they have really incredible high-quality live stream. And, of course, all full HD sound and vision and everything. It's just incredible. Also, you'll be walked through the entire championships by Mr. Tyler Fry. Tyler will be joined. Uh, he had agreed to join the commentary team and will give special commentary and interviews from throughout the day. Now, for those of you who watched, the, I think it was the Aussie Na- Nationals last year. Brass band live stream the whole thing. It was just brilliant. I was glued. Now at four o'clock in the morning, I had work the next day, and here I was watching grade four. I <laughs> think, what am I doing? I'm glued to this, and I can't tear myself away. It was just the best coverage. So here we are again this weekend. Go along to brassband.com now. It's completely free. That's another thing that I have to stress. Us on the Rab Show, we do our live streaming completely free, and so do the guys here at Brass Band. So here you go. Completely for free. Go along to brassband.com, tune into their HD live stream. Uh, yeah, it all kicks off a Friday, the 29th of March. New Zealand standard time is 9am in New Zealand. So you'll have to work that out wherever you are internationally. But trust me, this is going to be two days worth of piping goodness that you're not going to want to miss. Sometimes the standard of music coming from Australia and New Zealand can be extremely high. And I I can't wait for this. This is just going to be really stupidly exciting. Now, I do know that a lot of my mates here living locally in Northern Ireland have actually flew over to New Zealand either to play or to help out, you know, to come down and help with tuning and setup and different things like that to help bands prepare for the Nationals. So a lot of people from the UK have actually flew down there to try and help out, try and help bands prepare and practice and all of that. So really exciting stuff. I can't wait for it. So... Will you be tuning into the live stream? Of course you will be. Now, I've told you about it. So go along, brassband.com. Like I said, completely free, Friday and Saturday. And then we're going to have, at the end of it, a newly crowned New Zealand champion. I'm sure we'll talk all about it on next week's podcast. Yeah, so you're going to want to tune into that. Take it from me. All right, you've heard it here. Okay, also, this weekend, well, possibly next weekend, sorry, Friday the 5th of April, (laughs) I can read my calendar, there is a bit of a... um, Special event happening. The Pipe Major Donald McLeod MBE, his memorial competition, is going to be held, yeah, of course, in Stornoway in Scotland. Now, this, I don't know if there is plans to live stream this. I think there is. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but people competing at this solo competition uh, will include Wally McCallum, Roddy McLeod MBE, Callum Beaumont, and Stuart Little. So, Hey, what's not to love? You'll also have Glenn Brown, Finlay Johnson, Ian Spears, and Dr. Peter McAllister. Now, you talk about a lineup. That's basically a lineup that you would see at the Glenfiddich right there. So, that's happening Friday, the 5th of April, right before the Fred Morrison concert. So, you can tune in there. Now, you can also go to piobdm.com. And that's where the live stream is. I've just read here, actually, in my script. I should probably read my script before I start recording. Yeah. So, well done, Rab. Yeah, stuff it, Rob, got wrong. See, it's been a while since I've got stuff wrong. Um, <clears throat> because I'm awesome. <laughs> no, you can go along to piopdm.com, and that's where the live stream is. For full details, of course, as always, 
go along to the Rab Show Facebook page and yeah, you'll get full details on this memorial competition coming up next week and you get to see some of the best in the piping game competing for this memorial championships. Well worth a look, trust me. Now, as for whether that live stream costs any money or not, don't know. That hasn't been confirmed yet. We've only just received the link today. So, hi. I don't know. <laughs> but hi, I guess we'll find out more next week and I'll tell you more about the live stream next week on this amazing competition. But trust me, looking at that lineup, you're going to want to tune in. There you go. All right. It's finally happened. Yes, Portrush competition has finally been confirmed. Yay! About blinking time. <laughs> <laughs> How long have I been reporting this about Portrush competition? On again, off again kind of thing? Well, now it's back on again. Yeah, it's been confirmed that Causeway Coast and Glens Borough Council have finally agreed to pay the additional £10,000 demand from RSPBA Northern Ireland to run their event. So, it's been confirmed 3rd of August, like we've already told you. The Northwest Pipe Band and Drum Major Championships will be held in Port Rush. Now, as to where exactly in Port Rush it will be, don't know. As to what form the competition will take, don't know. But it's happening. So get it in your calendar. This weekend, actually, here in Northern Ireland, is our own RSPBA Northern Ireland branch. Branch AGM. It's the big one. They're big AGM for a Northern Ireland branch. So basically what happens is... The big AGM happens in Scotland. All the big decisions all get made by RSPBA HQ, like you've heard on our previous podcast when we're giving off about it. And then they bring all those decisions down to a branch level. Then all of our branches all have their own associated AGMs to instruct everybody on the ground. Right, headquarters says we need to do this, this and this, and that's what's happening. So I think this AGM is going to be pretty short, to be honest. It's not going to be much talked about. I guess what they could be talking about is why the full Northern Ireland season hasn't really been fully confirmed yet. So, anyway, I guess that'll be looked at. <laughs> but, hey, there we go. Finally, some good news about a Portrush competition that finally has the rubber stamp. So, there we go. Boom. Portrush is happening. 3rd of August. Ticket from me. Go and book your travel arrangements now. In fact, as soon as I seen that announcement, I went and booked mine too. There you go. <laughs> okay, the American Pipe Band Championship is happening, thanks to the Virginia International Tattoo. Uh, April the 27th. Yes! Now, I managed, I think there was live streaming of this from the Virginia International Tattoo around the time that Inverarian District went over. I think Scottish Power went over as well for a year. Now, they haven't made any uh, announcements of that for any other bands that's maybe going over this year. There hasn't even been any rumours or anything of who might be going. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone from the UK competitive scene going to play in the American Pipe Band Championships this year. But suffice to say, they have announced again that hopefully there will be more live streaming from this competition held through the Virginia International Tattoo Facebook page. So there you go. You've been told here now, if you do want to see what's been happening or going to happen at the American Pipe Band Championship on April 27th, then you can tune in to their Facebook page and catch all the action. There you go. Now, also, us here on the Big Rab Show team have very proudly launched our brand new website. Yay! Finally. (laughs) Brand new shiny website is up there and it is going 
superbly. We've got a lot of great feedback from you guys saying that you're actually really enjoying it. There's some details actually on the Big Rab Show team and some of our history in the piping world as well as a lot of our live streams that we used to do. Uh, we'll have done actually with guests that we've had over on Fuse FM so you can go and check that out including the live stream with the legend, Mr. Richard Parks. That's over there as well. Do you remember when we had him on? Woo! Awesome show. So you can go and check out the Facebook live streams. They're all up there as well. Plus the links to our Patreon page, of course. There's a Contact Us page. There's uh, just tons of stuff. Go and check it out. TheBigRabShow.com. It's all brand new, shiny, and we're very proud of it. I have to say again, a massive, massive thank you to Aaron McElwain, our graphic designer. He's just done an absolutely stupendous job i can't thank him enough it was incredible now also in light of the brand new website we've also got some brand new rap show merch baby yay and do you know what i'm proper proud of this stuff we spent a lot of time since way before christmas actually we were selecting different kind of you know hoodies different shirts trying them out and yeah maybe that's not hard wearing enough maybe that's not comfortable enough that doesn't wash well we spent a lot of time on this you know, <laughs> so go and check it out. The all brand new Rab Show merch is up there on the website right now. Just click on the shop icon, and we got tons of brand new hoodies. We even got some deluxe hoodies as well, which are really oh, top class stuff. Yeah, I've been wearing my deluxe hoodie since I got it. It was a prototype that we done just to try and test it. And it hasn't been off my back. It's been the best. Also, three-quarter length zips and stuff, as well as um, fitted hoodies for the ladies. Yeah, believe it or not, we got some stick uh, for our last line of Rab Show merch. And you didn't get anything for the ladies. So, Well, hey, here you go. Now you've got some fitted hoodies. Mm. Yeah, but unfortunately, I can't model them on photographs. But I model everything else. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we've got some fitted ladies hoodies well worth checking out as well as all brand new t-shirts uh, all sorts of stuff we've got travel pillows on there as well which are awesome by the way they're super fluffy and really really comfortable i've been using mine quite a lot since i got it also uh rab show towels now these things are class i actually have two or three of them in the car <laughs> that you can put a little clip on them like a little belt clip kind of like carabiner or a carabiner or whatever way you want to pronounce that a little belt clip and you can basically clip them onto your sparring and so whenever you need to you know dry your wet hands or sticks or whatever it's just clipped on your sparring it's fantastic it really yeah i can't sell those enough they're really really useful so again it just has the rab show logo and a wg one symbol on there and yeah there you go rab show towel <laughs> but these things are incredible they're really really high standard so yeah i didn't want to pick uh, kind of the cheap stuff and the crap this stuff is kind of made to last so that yeah that we've upped our quality we've upped our design game as well so well worth checking out guys if you haven't checked it yet go along bigrabshow.com spend a bit of time browsing around our website there's tons of stuff up on there we spend a lot of time designing it and it's just great to be able to finally launch it awesomeness Okay, so there you go. That's a little bit of piping news for you. <laughs> now, we got a little bit of sad piping news. Unfortunately, yeah, Simon Grant, who's the lead drummer, of course, of Denny and Donny Pace Pipe Band, he made a bit of a Facebook post that we were not expecting. Yeah, grade two, Denny and Donny Pace will not be competing this season. Yeah, that's a bit of a shock. So, Denny and Donny Pace, I'm sure... We're preparing for this incoming year, and as a result of them not being hitting the competition field, Simon Grant actually just shared out all of his Grade 1 sets. 
just because. Because <laughs> ordinarily it would be played on the competition field. But yeah, Denny and Donny Pace were working hard over the winter. But yeah, they're not going to be out this season. So as a result then, Simon, he thought, well, I've created all this stuff. I may as well just put it out there. So he has done. Go and check that out. It's all there on the Rab Show Facebook page. He has given all the sheet music and everything for their full medley selection, as well as videos on how to play it. It's really interesting, to be honest, for snare drummers especially. You know, may not be much for pipers, but for snare drummers definitely. Like, it gives a bit of an insight into the creative process and how medleys are put together. Also, it sees how Simon's creative process goes into action and how he, he writes scores and everything. Now, it's sad to see that Denny and Donny Piss will not be out this season. It's just, yeah, a bit rubbish, to be honest. It wasn't great news, but... On the flip side, Simon done this thing, which was really kind of cool. And releasing all of this sort of stuff, it was just, yeah, kind of awesome. Okay, the music service for Pipes and Drums here in Northern Ireland. As you guys know, they're a bit of a, a charity thing over here that help teach young kids how to pipe and drum throughout schools in Northern Ireland. Well, they've made a bit of a special announcement saying that they're doing something quite exciting. Music service for Pipes and Drums are taking a band to the Festival Interceltique de Lorient. There you go, do you like my French? Aye, basically it's the Lorient Festival <laughs> from the 1st to the 11th of August, which I think this is the first time it doesn't actually clash with the worlds. Now, this is a big deal because they might actually draw quite a huge crowd from the piping world of this. Now, it always does draw a huge crowd, but it always manages to clash with the world championships. So this time, the Lorient Festival doesn't clash with the world, so it's a big one. So... Yeah, would you like an opportunity to go? They're actually looking for a bass drummer and a lead drummer at the moment. So if you'd like to put yourself forward, or for for any of those two positions, then the Music Service for Pipes and Drums would love to hear from you. They would just want you to email andy at mspd.co.uk. There you go. Or, of course, you can contact ourselves here on The Big Rab Show, and we'll help you out and put you in contact with them. There you go. That That is pretty much it for most of the piping news. Uh, other than to say that NOSS, G-N-O-S-S, how you spell that, but that's not how you pronounce it. It's not GNOSS, it's NOSS. The Celtic, Celtic Music Band is just having a blistering piper in there. They're actually going to be releasing a brand new album. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, it's going to be called Drawn From Deep Water. Now, for those of you who've heard NOSS before... Uh, you're going to know what I'm talking about. This next album from NOS is going to be pretty exciting. It's available for pre-order now at the moment and will be released on April 27th. If you are interested in hearing what it's all about, go along to NOS on Facebook and Twitter and all of that sort of stuff and they've uploaded little sneak peek clips of what you can expect from their upcoming album. And from what I've heard so far, doesn't sound too shabby at all. <laughs> Actually, sounds kind of awesome. So, yeah, there you go. Noss's brand new album coming in the works. Okay, so that's pretty much it for the piping news this week. There's been tons of stuff happening, though, internationally. I do know that there's been lots of piping and drumming happening at a, you know, at an international level, and I do know that pipe band seasons are still running on across the world. If you are still involved in your competitive season out there, then please do send us in your results and everything. Let us know about your competitions and that, because what we're going to go on to talk about now is piping in the United States. And what I found is that all of our season dates are all different. So as we wrap up here in the UK, then other people kick off. So you really can be competitive in the piping world 
for the full year if you timed it well enough. <laughs> I think as we wrap up in the UK, I think Australia kicks off, and then as Australia ends, then the US starts. I don't know if, I, if that's right. You can maybe correct me if I'm wrong. But there is a way that I remember reading through my research and thinking that you could literally jump from country to country, continent to continent, and be involved in competitive piping all year without a break. You could do it if you wanted to. If you were crazy enough to. <laughs> uh, but there you go. Rand, let's get into it then. I think it's time to me, for me to go and get a big cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. LoneStarPiper.com Serving the piping and drumming community in the USA for over 10 years. Featuring R.G. Hardy's full range of bagpipes, including Henderson and Celtic theme line of kilts, doublets and bespoke Highland wear like sparns and cap badges. LoneStarPiper.com Also offers tailored payment plans for any set of bagpipes. If your drum corps needs a new look, they can help you with a full custom design from Adanti Drums and custom bass heads from Evans and Remo. If you have any questions about any of the major brands they carry or getting that true, unique look for your band, you can contact Jeremy at sales at LoneStarPiper.com LoneStarPiper.com Check them out. The Horace Kilt Company, 150 Sandy Row, Belfast, offering high-quality garments with unique styles enough to cover any wedding, formal event, or even pipe band competition. They can offer a full range of kilt and jacket combinations, all completed with Highland accessories, all available for sale or for hire. If you're looking for a Highland-inspired outfit of the highest quality, then look no further than Harris Kilts. HarrisKilts.com 150 Sandy Row, Belfast. Check them out. Are you on the lookout for a set of vintage pipes? Then look at Source Bagpipes. Bagpipes ranging from McDougall, Glenn, Stark, McKinnon, McPhee, Henderson, Laurie and Sinclair and many, many more. In addition, brand new set of pipes by Booth and Pettigrew. They have a no-quibble return policy with 25% deposit securing any set of bagpipes. Also offering a full payment plan to be able to pay for your set of pipes over 12 months. Source Bagpipes now have a range of vintage pipe chanters and vintage practice chanters in stock and are all up on their website. Sourcebagpipes.co.uk Contact Ross for more information. Hello, this is Fred Morrison and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. It's time for the topic of the week, and there's a reason why you clicked on this week's podcast, and that's, of course, because we're talking about piping in the United States, or specifically North America, if you want to be really geographically correct, which some of you have corrected me on. <clears throat> but, yeah, now, suffice to say, I asked tons of questions on last week's podcast. Okay, now, I admit that I asked loads and loads of questions. I had a bit of a list <clears throat> Because I'm the king of lists. But, yeah, I had loads of really, I don't know, they were questions that always really seemed to bug me. And I never knew. 
about piping and drumming in the United States. Now, I'm kind of glad that you guys took it for what it was. I was not trying to be offensive. I was not trying to, you know, point the finger and say, ha-ha. I was actually genuinely interested in how piping and drumming happens internationally. Now, as much as I'm focusing here right now on the United States, I would also like to turn these questions to Australia. I would also like to turn them to New Zealand and also to South Africa, to mainland Europe. I would love to, uh, for Canada as well, just anywhere at all that has a pipe band association and a competitive piping scene. Now, all of those questions I asked in last week's episode are pretty valid for all of that, for international. And it's one thing that is possibly on my bucket list. I would love to travel around the world and find how piping and drumming is done internationally. Now, I have grew up around pipes and drums here in the UK, and it's, it is what it is. You know, I am well used to the format. It hasn't really changed over all these years. It's always remained the same. You know, you can see the same faces. The politics is kind of the same. The kind of the standard of playing it just gets interesting every year it just seems to increase and get better and get better tons and tons of questions i raised on last week's podcast and we're going to get into them all right now like i said we have a selection of emails and voicemails on this topic so yeah you guys came back in your droves now i've just have a bit of a selection see visual jokes on the radio i do have a selection of them here now one such email really grabbed my attention and this one came in from ian i'll just go through he says uh big rab you big fan and very interested in your latest topic of the week about the scene in the u.s i live in toronto myself but i've traveled to the u.s pipe band championship in alma michigan many times and spent four years flying into a band in california I will call myself a U.S. adjacent. Yeah, okay. We'll call myself, yeah, U.S. adjacent. Uh, So it says, in North America, we have more associations than you can shake a stick at. (laughs) Uh, But they at least pretend to play nicely and attempt to stay at least sort of aligned via the painfully named Alliance of North American Pipe Band Associations. Now, yes, I've been, yeah, through reading all of the responses this is the big thing that I'm getting through here. It's about this Alliance of North American Pipe Band Associations, which it doesn't really roll off the tongue. Uh, so the ANAPBA, so mm, ANAPA, 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 dead on. So here in Ontario, <laughs> we once had a hugely vibrant season, running all summer with at least one or often two or three events per weekend through June, July, and August. Yes, I do know that, Ian. That, yeah, good point. He says, I don't think it's an overstatement to say that much of the heyday of the Ontario piping scene can be traced back to one man who taught scores of pipers and influenced almost all of the region's top pipers of the 70s and 80s. John Wilson, of course, not the John Wilson from Glasgow Police fame, but another John Wilson. (laughs) I often wonder how fortunate we were that he chose to settle in Toronto as his prestigious teaching volume and quality would have done well anywhere. I also wonder how many other pockets in the US and Canada are dear or near to single origin points like this. We still have a well-organized and attended series of games which all have birth solo, both solo and pipe band competitions. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up. Both have solo and pipe band competitions with the exception of Maxville, every single, of all single day events, but 
probably have the total sanctioned events from even 20 years ago. So, half the so- total sanctioned events. This is one thing I'm, I'm learning is about there's ev- events that run and some can be sanctioned and some cannot. Some are kind of give the thumbs up by the anapa whatever, and then some are not. I wonder what goes into that decision. Now that I don't know. That hasn't really came across in any of the emails as to what goes into that decision. Uh, he says, as for my origin story, while my father was a piper, he never pushed it on me. I just got started at the age of 13 when I informed my parents I wanted to quit piano, and they insisted I still play a musical instrument. Enough rambling from me, or your listeners will be begging for more lists. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, thanks, Ian. He says, all the best, and keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Ian. That's really interesting, actually. So a bit of a... Yeah, a bit of a look from Ontario there. So really interesting stuff. Thank you. Uh, we got another email here then from Ben. Shout out to Ben. What up, you, Ben? How's it going, lad? He says, you have some interesting questions about the US pipe band experience. What follows is my personal experience. I hope this is useful. Okay. He says, how did I get started in piping? He says, I started piping later in life at 50. During my Air Force career, I ended up being stationed in California and lived in a small town just west of Sacramento, California. A few months after we moved in, my wife and I noticed a bunch of people wearing kilts leaving the nearby county fairgrounds. Not knowing what this was all about, I asked my neighbour about it. My neighbour told me about the Highland Games there every April, every April, and said we should check it out. For the for, for the next several years, I attended those games with my family and had a great time. The more I went, the more I found myself sitting on the bleachers with a beer, listening to the bands competing. I just could not stay away from that. One year, I decided I needed to just do that. Before I got to my grave wishing I had. So, yeah, piping became a bucket list item. After obtaining permission from the missus, of course you need permission, of course you do, babe. <laughs> After getting permission from the missus, I sent an email to one of the bands and found an instructor. Close by and started lessons. After a while, my instructor connected me to a band he played with and the pipe band journey began there. That's eight plus years journey has been a lot of fun. I bet it has. Well done, Ben. Ian goes on to say, uh, how do we get our kit? Okay, that, that was a question I asked, yeah. He says, when it became time for me to transition off the practice chanter under a full set of pipes, my instructor and I discussed what kinds of pipes he recommended, and I started the process to narrow the choices and see where that led. After listening to lots of pipes and speaking with many local experts as I could find, I ended up ordering a set of Strathmore pipes from Murray Henderson. Well done. Not bad. Good selection. He then says, uh, that was pretty easy uh, once I found the webpage, exchanged a few emails with Murray about choices and such. Other bits of the bag of the pipe kit came from places such as the Piper's Hut, Gunaway and the House of Bagpipes. The internet is your friend. <laughs> Let me turn the page. The internet is your friend. Once the pipes arrived from Scotland, I gathered up the bag, reeds and such, and met with the pipe major, who tied on the bag and showed me how it all fits together. Many Highland games will also have vendors on their on supply and be able to have pack various different bagpipe supplies for sale, and you can get supplies at all sorts of games. Okay, so the band I joined had a list 
of other items that members needed. Some of the kit was provided by the band, such as the kilt, the sparring, the drone cords, the badges. Uh, members purchased their own shirts, ties and hose and glengarries, gully brogues and vests. The band provided drums and harnesses for the drummers, but not pipes for pipers. Really? That's interesting. Okay. Uh, the band did not uh, did provide a band chanter and chanter read, though. Okay. That makes sense. So the band had a couple of bolts uh, of tartan for any kilts that needed to be made and had a friend that was a kilt maker that made beautiful handmade kilts to order for the band. That's handy. Yeah. In my case, I purchased my kilt from the band since I needed a kilt for solo competitions and other occasions. Both the band... Both of the bands I have played with have connections for the drums and can arrange to buy a lot of matched drums when it's time to replace them. As that can be pretty expensive. Obviously, this is not an every year kind of purchase. That's very true. Yeah, well done, Ben. Good answer. So then he goes on to talk about associations. And again, we're talking about the Wuspaba, Yuspaba kind of thing and the APBA. So I'll kind of gloss over that point. But yes, I do understand you know, all of these associations do all kind of marry into one big body. So, yeah, I think I understand that now. Uh, Osfer, he goes on to talk about travel to competitions. He says, many competitions are out of town and require overnight or weekend stays. For example, the band I'm currently playing with will be traveling to Florida soon for the Dunedin Highland Games. Yes, I know that's coming up. Uh, those games are about an eight and a half hour drive from here. What? Eight and a half Eight and a half hour drive? Whoa. <laughs> okay. And will involve two nights in a hotel to make the round trip. Dang. Okay. He said most band members will travel down on Friday and return on Sunday. Depending on the band budget and the anticipated cost, the band may pay for a portion of the hotel rooms or gas money as a way to help folks out. Wow, that's serious. Eight and a half hour drive, and then you have a hotel to get. Whew, okay. Otherwise, members attending the competition will have to pay their own way. Generally, the band works a deal with the hotel so they can block book rooms at a discounted rate for the band. Uh, so, for your out of town trips, okay. He also says sometimes travel money is available. I think that money comes from the games as an incentive to get bands to attend. Now, that's interesting. Oh, so the actual competition would help with travel costs? That's really interesting, because that certainly does not happen here in the UK. Hmm. Yeah, there is a certain truth to the notion that you need to have a day job in order to support your piping and drumming habits. <laughs> ben, you're 100% right, mate. So he says, have a great day, Ben. Thank you so much. That was a really great answer, you know, and yeah, a lot of real interesting answers of anything that one on the travel really piques my interest where actual games and events help with running costs and travel costs hmm because that certainly doesn't happen here now if anything i would apply that to the world championships when you have bands traveling internationally from thousands of miles away and flights can cost a stupid amount of money and soaking hotels in Glasgow, let me tell you. I am still looking for hotels in Glasgow at the moment, and it's scandalous. I'm actually looking to see if I could book a hotel outside of Glasgow and just commute in, because getting to stay anywhere in Glasgow City at the minute, it's just forget about it. You need to have won the lotto. So, 
Could our association be doing more to help bands with things such as travel? I honestly think yes. I think this is something that you guys there in the States are certainly doing right. This is a massive incentive for bands to actually attend events. And it makes the pipers and drummers worth their while. You know what I mean? That they're not going to be severely out of pocket for having to travel eight and a half miles via car. <laughs> Ouch. That That is fierce, man. Anyway, Ben, good luck to you, mate. <laughs> the rest of you is heading to the Dunedin Highland Games there. Well, I wish you the best of luck. All right, we've got another email here. Uh, this one came in from, is it Kieran? I think it is. Yeah, Kieran. He says, hey, Rob, long email ahead to answer your piping questions in the US. I have never seen how piping works outside of North America. So he hopes to come to the UK someday to both to compete and to see what the piping world is like there. Your show helps me understand what's happening in the piping world just outside my own region. And if I ever find yourself, if I ever find myself, sorry, in Western US, I'm certain to find some guest rooms for you to stay while you experience piping in the US. Oh, thank you. That's really generous. Thank you very much. I'm sure there will be a bed and breakfast or somewhere where I can crash for the night, of course, anywhere there <laughs> in the Western US. Do you know what? Just recently, I noticed that there was, um, is it the Vegas Games have started advertising? They're going to be coming up soon as well. I think they're a sanctioned event. I'm not sure, but I do know that the Dunedin Highland Games are coming up as well. There's loads of different Highland Games. I think we just mentioned Maxville as well. That's another one. There's tons of games that I would love to get to just to see how they work. You know, and this is where this is all coming from, and like, I have a genuine interest. So, sorry, Karen, let's get into your email here. He says, uh, how did I get involved? Okay, he says, my dad was in the U.S. Navy and was stationed in Holy Lock for a few years. Uh, we moved back to the States before my fourth birthday. So I don't remember much, but my mum took us to the local Highland Games for the first few years back as a way of remembering. Because of all that, I grew up hearing the pipes and enjoyed it. Fast forward a few years, and I started high school at Murray High. There were four guys in my school who played bagpipes. Super random. Yeah, it is super random. I heard them play a lot and became intensely interested in the pipes. After three months of begging my mom daily to let me take lessons, she finally signed me up for lessons with the pipe major of the guys in my school. I was 15 years old when I started. Someone else's story. Okay, this is someone else that he knows. He says, Two weeks ago, I started teaching an eight-year-old who has been begging her ma to take bagpipe lessons since she was four. Since she was four! That's awesome. This young lady was diagnosed with a brain tumor around that time and attended the Festival of Trees with her family. Members of the public adopt to decorate the Christmas tree is around to be auctioned off for proceeds going for a local children's hospital. Now that is just awesome that she had such a passion for piping from the age of four. Wow. So sorry to hear that she's diagnosed with a brain tumor though. That's tragic. But yeah. A local pipe band performs at this event every year, uh, which is where my young student heard the pipes for the first time. Since then, she has repeatedly begged her mum for lessons. Now, ah, that's brilliant to see her getting involved in playing. Fantastic stuff. Anyway, let's fly on. I asked the questions about Highland Games as opposed to pipe band competitions. That is a very clear distinction, because that does seem to be a real line in the sand. Us here in the UK, we have pipe band competitions, all right? That's how it runs. That's how our competitive scene operates. But you there in the States have Highland Games. Now, Kieran goes on to say, I do not like Highland Games. Now, these are in big, bold letters on this email. 
<laughs> he says, I tolerate Highland Games. Highland Games, or Scottish festivals, as they're known, are where all the crazy clannies come out. Crazy clannies, okay. Uh, that being said, it creates an event of sorts that attracts local families who then hear the bagpipes and possibly have a family member who then starts taking lessons. So, it really is a good way to help spread this music that we love. As for the crazy stuff, all the period clothing... Imagine women walking around wearing corsets, covered in a giant dress, surrounded by men wearing tights. Sword fights, jousting. It's rare, but it has happened. Sheepdog trials at the Highland Games, archery, and so much more. We always have Scottish or Irish pub bands too who perform. The Wicked Tinkers are a favourite. And there's always a Highland dance competition, Highland athletics competition, and, click the page, a drum major competition. In addition to the pipe band competition. So all of this extra stuff is happening as you guys are competing. Like That just melts my head. It's crazy. So this latest trend is to have a Celtic festival instead of a Scottish festival. That way the Irish dancers can join in. <laughs> Most festival games will feature a kirkin on Sunday morning where a pastor of sorts will honour the clans and provide a church service. The duty band then provides the music for the drum major competition and the kirkin. Okay, then there's a mass band's opening and the closing ceremonies, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, because I want to talk about how the closing ceremonies work. So, this sounds really complicated. So, why do I not like this, he says? We show up to a games around 10am. Unless you're competing solo... And you have to plan to arrive to be there for about 7 or 8 a.m. Struggle to find a parking spot, finally to get into the games, to warm up with your band around 11 a.m. Before going to masked bands and open ceremonies around 12 p.m. Then we sit around until our competition time, which is usually between 1 p.m. and 4.30 p.m. Then sit around some more until masked bands. Closing ceremonies normally around 4.30 to 6 p.m. Each masked bands is a hurry up and wait situation. We all get there in the ranks and then march in. Oh, hold on. We all get there at the time we're told. Spend 20 minutes standing there in the baking sun, doing nothing. Spend five minutes getting lined up in the ranks. Then march in on the selected tune before standing around for another 10, 20 minutes inside the arena, stadium or the field. Then march out and we're finally done. Some masked bands have asked us, uh, standing in the arena in the sun for about 45 minutes while occasionally playing a tune <sighs> games are to sum up sun up to sun down which is kind of unfair by the time we're done we aren't exhausted from playing all day we're exhausted from standing in the sun and doing literally nothing wow that's interesting yeah because it's been a bit of a complaint here too in the UK about how we do finales we call them grand finales and march pasts and all that sort of stuff We've talked about that on the podcast here already when we were reviewing last year's World Championships. That just seemed to take forever. So, yeah, that's interesting how that kind of all operates there, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, now, I did ask the question about Champion of Champions in the US. He said, I think this would depend on the association. Remember that the UK, there's one association, but here in the States, we've got tons of them. So we have Yuspaba, Waspaba, MWPBA, SPBA, BCPBA, PPBSO, ASPD, PBBAM, and ACPBA. There you go. Did you think I missed any of them? All of these associations report to the Alliance of the North American Pipe Band Associations. Whew. 
Yes, I'm getting that. I'm getting that impression that this Alliance of North American Pipe Band Association seems to be the governing body of everything. I did ask him how he managed to get his gear. Of course, I asked you all this. And he says, my first set of pipes were purchased were Wallace bagpipes in 2011. Good choice. I emailed Craig Monroe and worked out most of the instrument's requirements via email and then called him to finalize and pay for the purchase. The accent made the most confusing call I ever made. (laughs) Craig is familiar with the process of exporting goods and especially customs, so that made the process very easy for me. I just told Craig what I wanted and he got it to me. Now ordering as a band is a totally different issue. My band is currently raising funds to purchase a set of drums... Want to donate? We need help, he says. <laughs> okay. Uh, with the cost of the cases and the carrier and the shipping included, the cost of Vedante drums could exceed well over $20,000. Wow. He said they were just quoted over $1,250 just to ship the drum cases and the carriers across the pond. Wow. That's a lot of money, man. So, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Honestly, that a lot of expense would go into purchasing instruments and stuff so that's why i would think that people like lone star piper who kind of import the goods for you could possibly cut costs for you that way so i don't know how you you organize your drums but yeah i don't know if there's any other cost effective ways to do it but hey that's a serious amount of money man twenty thousand dollars ouch Okay, he goes on to talk about travel, and he says, Our association provides a small payment, 300 to $500, for bands who are traveling more than a certain amount of mileage per games, usually over 300 miles. Wow. Let me read that again, okay? Our associations provide a small payment for bands who are traveling more than 300 plus miles to their games. Do you want to know how much RSPBA headquarters pays pipe bands over here for travel? <clears throat> Nothing. So he says, we have four pipe bands in our organization, and it would cost us about $5,000 each band. Each pipe band will spend about $5,000 each on travel to games. This covers the cost of renting vehicles, gas, hotel, registration fees for the event. Our band members paid $20 each for their band dues, and that money goes towards all the travel. We also use the money we receive from each of our paid gigs, uh, winning competitions, travel money, fundraising events. All of that all goes in to help cover the cost of travel. As a member of the band, transportation and lodging is 100% covered by the band. Now that is kind of awesome. The only amount I pay is if I choose to stay an extra night in the hotel, or if I want a more private hotel room, Instead of a two or four bedroom. Interesting stuff. But if anything, that's really incredibly interesting that the association actually does have like a bursary payment to encourage bands to travel. So if bands are traveling more than 300 miles to games, the association will help you. Now that is another thing that the United States are doing right, I would argue. So not only do the games themselves help so the organizers of the actual event helps you out with travel, but your own association as well. Now, that has to be a massive plus. So, is it a challenge for RSPBA HQ with their million-odd quid sitting in the bank in their fancy headquarters? Could they be helping bands with travel? Hmm. Interesting. Anyway... Let's fly on. I'm really enjoying this topic. If anything, I'm actually learning quite a lot. So thank you, Karen, for your email. That was very, very informative. He says, thank you for giving me the opportunity to write about this. I'm currently working to maintain a list 
of all pipe bands and associations work worldwide. If you ever want this list, just let me know. Kieran, that sounds like a plan, mate. Every single pipe band and association. Man, you're going to be writing that list for a while. And you know me. I'm the king of lists. Yeah, so I'd love to see that, Kieran. That'd be fantastic. Send that on, buddy. Yeah, awesome. Okay, let's get it. We haven't done the voicemails yet, so let's get into the voicemail. We have one here on the on the topic, got a few more others, but they're on different topics. So we got one in here from Andrew O'Sullivan. Hello, Rad. Andrew O'Sullivan here. I was listening to your podcast uh, from uh, March twenty first about piping in the U.S. Uh, as you can tell, uh, I'm from New Jersey and uh, play in two bands. Uh, one. Uh, street band, a road band as you would call it, uh, here in Jersey, and then a competition band up in Vermont. Uh, and for geographical context, that's about from uh, Bantry down in Cork to Ballycastle up in, up in Antrim, if we're talking on Irish terms. Um, piping here in the U.S. is, uh, I'd say it's, it's pretty strong. I mean, it's not nearly what you would have in Ireland or Scotland or parts of Canada even, but uh, there are plenty of bands around. Um, a lot of them come from a, uh, a strong uh, Irish uh, heritage, uh, cultural connection. You see a lot of police and fire bands that are Emerald Society bands, um, and you know, you'll, you'll find a lot of O's and uh, Max, Mix, you know, McCarthy's and O'Sullivan's and O'Connor's and all sorts of names like that in, in those bands. But, you know, we do have a fair amount of uh, Scottish population in the Northeast as well. Um, so you do have some Scottish bands, quote-unquote. Um, but then we do have bands that, you know, take anybody. You don't have to be Scottish, you don't have to be Irish, you don't have to be, um, you know, you just have to have a love for the music. And so it does make um, recruiting hard in that case. Um, you know, I started playing the pipes when I was 13, and when I was younger, my dad had, you know, he would have, like, Irish music playing on the house, um, the Chieftains, Cronid, Alton, uh, things like that, so not necessarily Highland piping, but there was definitely Dillon piping, um, you know, Seamus Ennis, Pat, uh, Patrick Street, Jerry O'Sullivan, um, so I, you know, I was around the music a little bit, and I remember, you know, when I was eight or nine, ten, it was, it, for me, it was kind of cool. It was different, you know. Not everybody was into piping, and, and it was just kind of seen as a little bit out there, and and definitely was something different. Um, I remember watching the St. Patrick's Day Parade in New York on the TV when I was eight or nine, and seeing, you know, big burly Irish fellows. In full number one dress, I remember one year it snowed and it was like there was snow on their eyebrows and on their bonnets. Um, and for some reason, I thought, oh, that's, I want to do that. And uh, kind of how it got started. And then a year or two later, my grandmother gave me a uh, pipe, piping and drumming uh, CD for Christmas that really kicked it off. I remember listening to that a bunch. And, uh, and then when I joined the Boy Scouts, there was an older uh, an older scout in the troop who had played pipes, and he had played with a, a local band that uh, gave free instruction uh, to new members. Um, you, you get your practice standard from them, your, your the, the Green College of Piping book, uh, 
Um, you, know, you learn, you know, the basics kind of at first. Uh, once you got four tunes down, then you can move up to the to the pipes, learn how to play the pipes, and um, you know, then start playing in the band. And that's how I uh, that's how I got started. I, I played uh, trumpet in school, so I had a, a musical foundation. But I was always I was always drawn to the pipes. And I remember, you know, when I was a kid playing the trumpet, I'd be playing, you know, Highland Laddie and Wearing of the Green and the Minstrel Boy and stuff like that on my trumpet. Um, the Rowan Tree, Scott and the Brave. I, I remembered how to play all those on, on the trumpet. And then I finally got a proper practice tenor and, and, and joined the band. Um, so as I said, I was 13 when I started. Um, now we take, you know, we take members as young as probably, you know, 9 or 10. Uh, we have some people, we just, we have a guy in our band who's a retired policeman. Uh, he's probably just about 50 maybe. And, um, he's been playing for about a year, year and a half, up on the pipes, you know, learning, learning tunes, playing tunes. Um, we have another learner who's about, uh, 20, 21, learning pipes. He was actually learning with his father for a bit, which was neat, so they were both coming in for lessons. Um, so we do have people that come in. And, and learn um, recruitment. We go to, like, local fairs. Um, we play at events that, you know, are sponsored by the town. Um, so we play. We kind of get our name out there. We have a booth, a booth set up, you know, talk to people that are coming around, give out business cards, tell them, you know, come to practice. Uh, a big draw that, you know, the lessons are free. Um, so, you know, we, the band hires an instructor uh, that we pay for through doing parades and, and other kind of fundraising like that. Um, and then I also teach as well, and, and we uh, yeah, we just, you know, we try to get them the best instruction possible uh, from our our capacity. And um, that's pretty much the recruitment, recruitment aspect, at least for my band. Uh, the band in Vermont, we have uh, open house, the first big band practice that we have every year in November. Um, so new people come in, and um, Vermont has an interesting problem because there's not a lot of people. So there's only maybe three bands, two bands in Vermont. Uh, but on New Jersey, on the other hand, I can count tw 20, 25 bands in New Jersey, you know, six in my county alone. And so we kind of have the opposite problem. We have all these bands that are vying for members. Um compared to just having one band and not enough people. In terms of the uh, the contests, most contests here in the States, uh, at least in the Northeast, I should say, um, that, that we go to and compete at, most of them are one-day contests. There are some contests that are uh, two days. Uh, one that I can think of is the uh, Capital District uh, Scottish Games in, in the Albany area in New York, actually where uh, Andy from the Chanarant is from. Um, that used to be a two-day contest. It's now kind of gone on, gone over to a big contest on Saturday, and then a smaller, kind of more performance um, aspect on Sunday. It's not a, an actual contest, but the bands that are there stay and, and play a little mini concert almost. Um, and unlike the unlike in the UK, where the RSPBA runs. The contests and the games. Um, each games 
has its own kind of committee that runs it, um, and it's san- and it's sanctioned by the USPBA or the uh, WUSPBA. There actually is a third one in the U.S., uh, the Midwestern Pipe Band Association. Uh, so we have three: Eastern United States, Midwestern, and uh, Western Uni- Western United States. Um, so each of those associations will sanction a a contest, make sure that it has certain criteria, certain events that it will, you know, be kind of deemed viable uh, from the association. So you'll get uh, points, and if you win, you know, it will go into your your yearly tally. Um, in terms of the uh, champion of champions, we don't really do that as much. We do have contests that are um, quote-unquote championships. Um, in the Northeast especially, we have the Northeastern Championships, which is at the Capital District's uh, Scottish Games. That's our Labor Day weekend, so first weekend of September. Uh, it's a long weekend. We get Monday off. Uh, so that is a big, big contest. People come as far south as Virginia, um, and people come from New England, New York, uh, Jersey, Connecticut. Um, and then the other big one in, in the Northeast is uh, the New Hampshire Highland Games at uh, Loon Mountain in Lincoln, New Hampshire. That's known as the uh, New England Championships. It's not, again, these are just kind of self-applied monikers, but um, at the end of the season, the association does kind of give a list of how each band rates and, you know, who um, who scored the most amount of points, you know, overall throughout the end of the season. Um, so that's how our games kind of work here. And uh, you definitely should come over. Uh, I'd say if you're coming over to the Northeast, come over for September and uh, go to Capital District in the beginning of September and then New Hampshire in the um, towards the end of September. Those are uh, real fun times. You'll see some some good piping from uh, grade five where we are up to uh, grade two, and uh, the grade three seems pretty strong. And you'll see some some really good ones there. And then, in terms of travel money, uh, sometimes the games themselves will provide travel money for the bands, um, but the association itself does not. Uh, I know our band. Uh, in Vermont, Catalan Pipe Band, we go, we've gone to Scotland four times now to compete at the Worlds, and you know, we do a bunch of fundraising either through concerts or parades or other sort of, you know, raffles and things like that, and the band pays for the lodging. We stay at a uh, at the Glasgow Caledonian uh, University, so we stay at the college dorms. Uh, they pay for the registration fees. Uh, for the for the games over there, and any transportation like so we go compete at Perth, we compete at North Berwick the week before, they pay for that transportation. But we the individual members pay for their own flight over uh, from the U.S. to to Scotland. Uh, so that's pretty much all we have here. Um, looking forward to hearing more about piping in the U.S. And you know, if you want to come over, doors always open. We'd love to have you over. Um, you know, you got a place to stay here in Jersey if you want. So that's all for now, and I hope to talk to you soon. Andrew, thank you so much for that, mate. That was really, really fascinating. Again, I'm learning so much here. 
to be honest. And I don't I don't know you guys probably listening to this. This is all old news to you. But I'm sure for us here listening in the UK, we're actually picking up quite a lot. Now from what I'm you know hearing here, it seems to be the organizers of games and the associations themselves actually do quite a lot to help bands over there. And I don't know if we're getting the same sort of level of help. We do get help to a degree whenever it comes to the organisation of competitions. Bands, men and women don't actually have to put boots on the ground to put up barriers and organise parking and stuff like that. The association takes care of the actual running of the events. But, uh, yeah, as far as actually helping the bands themselves travel and stuff like that, I I don't know. This is one thing I'm really picking up from this. Okay, thank you, Andrew, for your voicemail. That was fantastic. Thank you very much. Okay, let's finish on an email here, shall we, from good friend of the show, Mr. Jim Williamson. Yo! Go on, Jim, you legend. Yeah, Jim goes through pretty much every question that I've answered and breaks it down in such a huge email. So thank you, Jim. It's really detailed. And uh, I'll just give a brief summary of this because otherwise I will be reading this forever and it's just, yeah, it's really detailed, really comprehensive. So... Like, you can't see that. I was going to say, look at this, but yeah, I've printed this sucker off, and it's just brilliant. It's like a bit of a, a bit of, I don't know. You could put this down as like a college research paper. This is really well done, Jim. So first of all, Jim tells you his story. He says, how did I get involved? I've always wanted to learn to play pipes since I was a little kid. They fascinated me when I heard and saw them on TV. At the age of forty-four, piping was my midlife crisis. <laughs> Midlife crisis, Jim. Uh, Some middle-aged guys buy a sports car. Others get a 20-year-old girlfriend. (laughs) I took up bagpipes. Good man, Jim. (laughs) My wife now says that a sports car and a girlfriend would have taken less time and be much less expensive. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right there, buddy. Yeah, bagpipes are terrible expensive. I said, luckily, my son also took up the bagpipes with me, so it's been something we can do together. So I think it's uniquely an American thing that people take up pipes later in life. I have been in a couple of bands in which we had learners in their 60s and even well into their 70s. Typically these folks are hobbyists and they aren't really interested in competing, but not always. There we go. That's interesting. So I am noticing this. A lot of people are starting later. Um, Most people here in the UK, I don't know, I'm kind of casting the net a bit wide here but i would say on average most people start before their teenagers here in the uk the average age i would say to start someone in the piping and drumming would be from age nine to ten maybe even eight uh, i think anything earlier than that you're starting to gather bad habits we've covered this in a previous podcast when's the right age to start so jim started when he was 44 there was others there we read earlier who started in their 50s others in their 60s so we are noticing a bit of a trend there coming from u.s pipers and drummers that they're all starting later in the pipe band you know what i mean in their piping life so yeah but that's interesting though do you know what i mean because they could go on to be really successful ah so imagine if they've been playing with their young eh what could they have achieved Anyway, how do bands recruit? That's one of the things we haven't really talked about yet. So Jim gives me a bit of an insight to this. Since Celtic music really isn't as widespread part of the culture there in the United States, most pipers and drummers come from other instruments. Okay, I can see that. So marching band drummers have to learn to play Highland drums, which is completely different. Yeah, the whole DCI thing... And then Scottish Highland Drummond, completely different. So the change is very dramatic and not many stick with it. As a result, drummers are like gold dust here. That's one thing I'm finding. 
a lot of people are reporting a real drastic shortage of drummers in the United States. What's going on? Where are all the drummers? Because, yeah, there's one thing I look at is, is the D- DCI, the whole marching band, percussion stuff, and that's just incredible. Some of that drumming is incredibly intricate and musical, and you just wonder, why can't they translate that and bring it to Scottish pipe band drumming? What makes Scottish pipe band drumming so different? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to get into the minutia of drumming now. But let's fly on. He said, Pipers aren't exactly coming out of the woodwork here either. But there isn't as much pressure here to field a big band as there is in the UK. That's very true. A band with six or seven pipers and two snares and a bass has a legitimate shot at winning a lower grade competition. Now, that's very true. You know, even in our lower grades here, in grade 4A, grade 4B, you know, we're talking, if you turn up with six pipers... You're already struggling, you know, and if, especially if you have two snares in the back line, then, yeah. I think the minimum now for the UK to compete is three. I think you actually need three snares. That's the minimum requirement. But there you go. He says, if someone falls out with their band or they move, they can find a new band in short order. If they are willing to drive to practice, that is. I've heard of pipers and drummers commuting two and a half or three hours each way to band practice. Ouch. That's a bit of a journey. So there you go. <laughs> Woo. Now, he goes on and he talks about how actually contests work in the United States. He's talked about spectators wandering around in period clothing. And we have events called Renaissance Festivals or Rand Fairs there in the States where costumes and role playing aren't unusual at all. All too often that crowd doesn't know the difference between a Highland Games and a Rand Fest. So they put on their King Henry VIII costumes and turn out to a Highland Games. <laughs> What? (laughs) Sorry, didn't mean to laugh. That sounds hysterical. That would be really funny. Uh, Anyway, in the Midwest, there are no events that are solely pipe band competitions. Uh, There is always a Highland Games or a cultural festival alongside it. Uh, Pipe bands are not part of the fabric of the culture here. So, if you held a pipe band competition, attendance would be poor. In fact, at the band contests we have here... Most of the spectators are friends and family of the participants. And if your band has already played, it's not unusual to, you know, to not stick around and watch the other bands. Once your guys have played, you clear off. There you go. That's interesting. Wow. So it's mostly all friends and family, really, or band supporters. So you wouldn't just get, like, random spectators watching the bands. That's interesting. Um, He says, in the Midwest Pipe Band Association, uh, MWPBA... Which you didn't mention, of course. Uh, he says, the formats of the competitions vary from grade to grade. We have grades through five through grade one. Not A's and B's within the grades. And the competition requirements. And he goes on, talks about MSRs, medley selections and all of that. And how long they last for. As well as all the kind of March medley selections for grade five. And quick March tempo, simple time, all of this sort of stuff. It's very technical. All real stuff that I love reading. So it's brilliant. Thank you, Jim. He also says, I would remind you that in Chicago, the medley competition is in concert formation, which is a nice change for bands and spectators. I'd bet the judges. Yeah, that's a really interesting change. I've been watching this, actually, from you know the games in Chicago, about how the medley competition and the band formation, I think it's the way forward. Now, I've said this before, concert formation for me is, yeah, it's brilliant. I should only encourage it. So... Yeah, will we see it here in the UK? I don't know. But it certainly seems to work there for Chicago, to be honest. 
He says, I'm sure Wispaba and Yispaba have different requirements. Yes, I'm sure they do. I said, something else that is important to note. In the Midwest, most contests are one day. Amateur solos are held in the morning, usually around 8 a.m., so it's just stupid o'clock in the morning, really. And the band contests are held in the afternoon. There's no games week or solo contest season. The exception is the Chicago Games, in which the solo contests are held on the Friday and then the bands are on the following day. Fair enough. He then goes on to explain about the Champion of Champions titles. He says the Midwestern Pipe Band Association does have a Champion of Champions, but how important it is depends on who you ask. Bands located near or around the Chicago area are close to MWPBA competitions. Living near Kansas City, I do, I, like I do, the closest contest is five hours away. Chicago is nine hours away. If you make the trip to Kansas City to Alma, Michigan, it's a 17-hour drive. What? 17 hours. Yikes. In a country this big as the US, winning champion of champions is as much a product of geography as it is quality playing. I have to agree with you, mate. 17 hour drive. Where are these numbers coming from? (laughs) 17 hours. You could drive around the whole island of Ireland twice. Dang. (laughs) Wow. So then he goes on to explain more about the Association of North American Pipe Band Associations. Yeah, okay, I understand that all. Uh, so how do pipe bands get their gear? And they talks about how to import stuff and all the rest. Also goes on to talk more about travel money. Uh, so in the Midwest, our Pipe Band Association does give travel allowance to competing bands. It's usually only a few hundred dollars, but it all helps. If a band gets disqualified for poor conduct, however, or doesn't show up in mass bands, then they can lose their travel money. Ooh, so that's interesting. So if you do get like a bursary payment... And you don't behave yourself, the association can whoop, take your money away. That's interesting. So it can be used as a bit of a disciplinary tool as well. So he's been in bands with members where they're wholly responsible for all the travel expenses. And in those bands, they had to pay for their lodgings and everything. And will, yeah, get reimbursed eventually from the band for their fuel money and stuff. It all depends on how hard the band wants to work at fundraising and how well the band leadership manages the band finances once they all have it. Sometimes a band can also find good, high-paying engagements that they can play every year, like university graduations, etc., that can make a world of difference for fundraising. Exactly. Plus, we just had St. Patrick's Day as well, which I'm sure is a massive fundraising opportunity for bands in the States. So, do you know what? Thank you, Jim, for that comprehensive response. I did give a bit of a summary of your email. Yeah, it's kind of... It's epic. It's like it really is like a research paper. So thank you so much, Jim. That was fantastic. Um, All of these questions that I have asked about the United States pipe band scene, I would like to flip it and put it onto Australia and New Zealand. This weekend sees the New Zealand Championships. I hope you'll all be tuning into BrassBand.com this weekend to check out the live stream. I will be with socks on and a big cup of tea sitting in front of the TV all weekend. I'll be watching this. I cannot wait for it. I don't care if I have to stay up to stupid o'clock in the morning. I'm going to watch it all. The street march competition right through from grade 4B all the way up to grade 1, baby. I can't wait for this. So, yeah, all of these questions that I've asked here about the United States, I would turn around and ask it about Australia, And New Zealand as well. So any of you guys living down under and you're currently listening to this podcast, please email us in. BigRabShow at gmail.com If you are interested in what our questions are, I can't go through them again. To summarise, how did you get started in pipe bands? How do your pipe bands recruit? 
how do competitions work in your area? <laughs> That's the basic workings. Also, is there a champion of champions? Do your pipe band associations meet? How do your pipe bands get your equipment? Also, excuse me, how do you work out your travel money? That tea's making me burp. So there you go. Yeah, tons of interesting questions for piping internationally. Now, it doesn't just have to be limited to Australia and New Zealand. Of course, this can be worldwide. So no matter where you're listening to this podcast right now, if you have answers to those questions, then we would love to continue this conversation and to bring our large, worldwide, international piping world a little bit closer. Let everyone know just what happens in different countries. I think it's really fascinating stuff. So I think there's great lessons to be learned here from how things operate in the United States. I do think there's great lessons to learn, especially from the organizers of competitions or the games themselves, helping bands. Like, that's incredible for me. I think that's really, really positive and should be encouraged. Also, how the association themselves actually help financially bands to travel to different games. That is has to be a massive feather in the cap for the associations over there. The administration of that alone has to be extremely difficult. But the fact that they're making that effort to help their bands compete is simply outstanding. We don't get that here in the UK. But then again, piping and drumming is in the water. You turn the tap on and you hear field marshal. You know, it's just in the water and... Yeah, do our association need to help financially bands over here in the UK? I don't know. We're not making 17-hour car journeys. (laughs) You know what I mean? At most, you're talking maybe a flight or two and then a hotel stay for a weekend. And that'd be about it. You know, so we're not talking crazy amounts of travel like you guys are. Like, those numbers were insane. Eight and a half hour journey to one competition. And there's Jim talking a 17-hour drive. What is going on? The world is such a big place. You know what I mean? Wow. Well, if anything, if you're traveling to band practice right now and you're listening to this podcast or wherever you are listening to our podcast, send us in a quick photograph. Will you take a little snap of wherever you're listening to our podcast? I'm actually quite fascinated with what people are doing when they're listening to the Big Rab Show podcast. I actually got a a selfie in from someone who was doing the hoovering whilst listening to the podcast. So mail us in your uh, pictures of where you're listening to us, uh, that email address, bigrabshow at gmail.com. And of course, yeah, answers of all of those questions for all of our international listeners it would just be brilliant to hear how piping and drumming is done internationally. I hope you guys have managed to enjoy this conversation. Uh, it's been an interesting podcast, to be honest. Uh, last week, I just asked questions, and this week, we're just getting the answers. So... If you'd like to help support the show, please do. Don't forget, head along to our Patreon page. Click that support button. Each and every click really does help support the show. Can't stress that enough, especially when we're coming into the mouth of the season. There's going to be so much stuff coming your way on the Patreon page, which will not hit the podcast here. You won't hear it here, and you won't hear it also on Fuse FM. You will just exclusively see that content hit our Patreon page. So if you'd like to be a part of the Big Grab Show Patreon subscribers, then head over there, click that button, and you get tons of extra stuff. For just as little as a price of a cup of coffee every month. There you go. Also, if you can, go and check out our brand new shiny website. It's all sorts of awesome. We've put a lot of work into it. So take two or three minutes and go and have a check at it. It is kind of awesome. We have a lot of real interesting uh, content up there. Interviews with some of the big guns in the piping world. So 
Big Rab Show, thebigrabshow.com. Go and check it out. And also the shop as well. Lots of shiny new merch up there. It's well worth a purchase. <laughs> yeah, definitely some real cool stuff up there. So well worth a look. Anyway, guys, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week and for sticking with us. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the conversation, like I've said already. If you haven't already, please do click subscribe and give us a follow. So with each and every week, as we upload another episode, you'll get a ding, a little notification to let you know that Rab's uploaded another one. And yeah, don't forget, tell a friend, share this little show of what we do with your piping mates. Let them know what we're doing. So yeah, with each and every week, we can introduce more people to what we know and love to be this amazing bagpiping world of goodness. There you go. Grant, that's it. I'm out the door, and I will be tuning in to the New Zealand Nationals this weekend. I can't wait. All sorts of excited for this. So, yeah, good luck to everyone at the New Zealand Nationals this weekend. If you are heading over there, we will be watching precariously through the live stream, thanks to BrassBand.com. So, yeah, if you are going, give us a wave in the crowd. If you <laughs> Yeah, so, but yeah, we can't wait for the New Zealand Nationals. I'm sure we'll be talking all about it on next week's podcast. Good luck, everyone, at the Nationals, and we will see you on next week's podcast. All the best. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much to our sponsors, G1 Roots, played by bands around the world, including our current champion of champions, Inverarian District. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com for all of your Big Rab Show merch and news, views, and chat throughout the week. Until next time, guys, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best. <laughs>